My, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. We're back with another edition of Law of the Wolf. I'm your host, Joe Giglio, and there will be no weather delays on this podcast. There will be no lightning delays on this podcast. There'll be no technology delays on this podcast. If you went to NC State's 45-24 loss to Notre Dame this past Saturday, well, congratulations. You survived. There was a lot to get through in NC State's home loss to the Fighting Irish, who have now won 29 straight regular season games against ACC opponents. Not going to spend a lot of time talking about Notre Dame in this podcast. However, how stupid are you that you've won 29 straight games against opponents and you don't think it would behoove you to join that league and run roughshod over that league and give yourself a chance to play in a major bowl and in the playoff every year with that type of record against that league? That's all I'll say about Notre Dame and their I mean, really, the way that they cling to independence in 2023 is all very interesting. But let's talk about NC State. We're going to talk about the good. We'll talk about the bad. We'll talk about the uh-oh before we get to a conversation with James Henderson inside Pack Sports. James has been covering NC State for the last 20 years. Does a great job. James is also the optimist. He is an optimist. He's also a realist, but he is more of an optimist than certainly I am. All of the conversations I had at the end of that game with fans over at Carter-Finley Stadium, then in the parking lot, and then with my friends, there's a lot of, to be pessimistic, pessimistic about from this game. But first, let's talk about the good from NC State's 45-24 loss to Notre Dame. Here's what I thought my main takeaway from this game was. At 17-7 at the half, after just giving up a, a really difficult touchdown towards the end of the half in a two-minute drill, uh, not even a two-minute drill by Notre Dame's offense, a 30-second drill by Notre Dame's offense. There was a defensive bust. Aiden White appeared to leave his man and, and go with the wrong man, if you will, in a situation where you can't let guys behind you. He did. 17-7 um, in the rain, in those conditions, after giving up the ADR touchdown to Audric Estime, felt like the game was out of reach. Much to NC State's credit, they, they didn't give up. They did not give up at 17, seven. Then it was 24, 10. And you're thinking, oh man, this game is toast. Well, state gets their touchdown 24, 17. They get the, they have the defense, make a play, give them the ball back, put them in position in Notre Dame's red zone. Unfortunately, that series ended with missed field goal. And from there, Notre Dame kind of does what they needed to do to put the game away. But I do think the 45, 24 is a little misleading it's a one-score game going into the fourth quarter. One-score game in which Notre Dame scored on an 80-yard pop, which we'll talk about. And they also scored in the defensive breakdown in that one-minute drill by Notre Dame. So there were different opportunities there to get down on themselves, to really just kind of mail it in, given the you know 90-minute delay, given the conditions, given everything that was going wrong, it would have been easy for NC State to pack it up and lose that game, I don't know, 56 to 10. I and mean, it easily could have gone something like that. So for them to come back the way that they did after falling down in the second and third quarters, I thought 
was a positive sign. Now, let's talk a little bit about the bad. NC State's defense in this game had a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde going for them because in 61 plays, they gave up 456 yards. You're saying, Joe, that's a lot. Why? Yeah, that's bad. However, 56 of those plays, they only gave up 198 yards. So 56 of the 61, the defense was actually pretty good. 56 plays, 198 yards. That's 3.5 yards per play. Now you're asking, whoa, 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 what happened in those other five plays? Well, that's the problem. Five plays that NC State's defense allowed for 258 yards. They gave up the 80-yard touchdown run to Estime, a 65-yard pass, which led to the touchdown before the end of the half, 45-yard touchdown, um, excuse me, a 45-yard pass, a 40-yard touchdown, and a 28-yard pass. So that's five super explosive plays. A lot of teams will count either a 10-yard run or a 15-yard catch as an explosive play. Uh, I'm talking about 80 yards here. I'm talking about 28 as the as the smallest. 28, 40, 45, 65, 80. That's a lot of big plays. That's obviously too many big plays. We talked after the UConn win that the long run to Victorosa you can live with because you felt like it was a bust and you felt like it was something that you could clean up and that's something that you can correct. And that's my issue with the defense right now. I do think that their mistakes are correctable. I thought White, Aiden White, they're outstanding all the ACC cornerback from a year ago. I thought he was out of play, out of position on two of the touchdown plays or two of the big plays that led to touchdowns. And I thought, you're thinking, all right, we'll, they'll get in the film room, they'll look at that and they'll fix it. The estimate run, I thought the 80-yard run on the first play after the long delay, you know, it was kind of wonky. Um, I thought Notre Dame did a really good job of blocking up NC State's linebackers. And then that put their safeties and uh, Shaheen Battle into the run fits, which you, you're asking a lot when you don't have a Tanner Ingle there. So to have the breakdown on the 80-yard touchdown run, you want to go back and look at that one and go, okay, well, how do we get guys who we feel like can make plays in space? You know, do you get Tanner Ingle off, of, off the factory line? And I think that's a season-long question that I'll have about NC State's defense. Who are the guys that are going to make plays? And I left the game on Saturday thinking, all right, you know, Peyton Wilson is obviously a 60-year guy. He's an NFL guy. He's a great player. You know he's going to make plays, as he did in the opener. And he did against Notre Dame as well. You're thinking when the season began, Aiden White's going to be one of the best players on the defense. Sure enough, he can be, and we know this, but he really struggled on Saturday. And if your best players aren't your best players, you're going to have problems, particularly when the other team has more talent than you do. And particularly when the other team's best player, Sam Hartman is out there making plays and doing what he needs to do to help his team win. So that is the bad on NC state's defense. Here's the bad on the offense before we get to the, uh, Oh, NC state ran 31 plays on first down. They gained a total of 91 yards. Okay. First of all, that's not good. But now you think about it. They had two plays. One was for 38 yards of passing play. And then they had one for 23 yards, the touchdown to Dakari Collins at the end of the game to make it 45-24. All right, let's, even though those plays obviously count, let's just take them out here for a minute, just like we did with the defense. They ran 29 plays on first down for 30 yards. My math is not great, but that's just about one yard per play on first down. And if you've ever listened to a coach talk, particularly one who has a defensive background like Dave Doran does, you're always going to talk about being on schedule. 
if in, in getting yourselves into second and manageable, third and short, you can only get there if you are productive on first down. Let me say it again. 29 plays, 30 yards. All right. If we take all of the plays that they ran, they had 12 runs for 29 yards. And that's going to get us to the uh-oh. They also had 18 passes, then they had one sack. But they had 18 passes. They only completed five of the 18 passes. As I mentioned, two of those passes went for 61 yards. That's That means they only completed three passes for one yard on the other first down plays. So straight up, the first down play, and I don't know if it was the play calling, I don't know if it's execution, or I don't know if it's going to get us into the uh-oh, but straight up, that's abysmal. You can't on first down run, first of all, 29 plays for 30 yards. That's awful. Second of all, you can't have 18 passes, complete only five, and two of those passes cover 61 of the 62 yards. That's not good. You're not. That's, that's a losing formula, uh, especially for NC State, where I do think their, their defense will be better than the 45 points that they allowed to Notre Dame, but you're, you're still trying to win a certain way when you're NC State and you're Dave Dorn in year 11, and I think we're all kind of square with that now, and that is you're going to play defense. You're not going to beat yourself which in week one, that meant only one penalty. And this week, they had eight penalties for 54 yards, slightly overshadowed by the fact that NC State's first touchdown drive was full of Notre Dame penalties and Notre Dame mistakes. So there was some help there on the other side, but you can't beat yourself. You can't have those defensive busts. You can't have that many penalties. And you have to put yourself in position on offense to stay on schedule. Before we get to the uh-oh from NC State's 45-24 loss to Notre Dame, I would like to tell you that if you haven't followed us yet on Apple, Spotify, Google, what are you waiting for? Law of the Wolf, follow us, subscribe, rate, do all of those good things. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that button right there. Hit that subscribe button, leave a comment. Uh, appreciate everyone at the game on Saturday came up. Spend some time talking to some fans. Always a good deal. Uh, and don't be afraid. I, I'm I'm not mean in real life. I'm just kind of honest. Uh, but I, I enjoy all the time. Enjoy getting out there on the concourse too. It's kind of nice in the fourth quarter. I, I went down. At, my family was at the game, but I went down out of the press box, got myself a course light, watched the fourth quarter from uh, the, the, the Rollywood food truck area. So it was kind of fun. Had some different fans stop over and say, hey, I appreciate you guys, all you guys for supporting Law of the Wolf, just as I appreciate our sponsors. So when we get back from that word, we'll get into the uh-oh from NC State's 45-24 loss to Notre Dame. When we talk about good, you know what's always good in the real estate business, hometown realty. Barry Woodard and his crew they got more than 250 agents, six locations. Go to myhtr. Dot com. That's myhtr.com. Protect the number one investment that you have. That's your house. Don't take one of these cockamamie guaranteed offers for less. Don't do that to yourself. Trust the experts. Trust hometown realty. Check them out. It's myhtr.com. And then, of course, when you close on that house, you're going to need help. You know who can help you? Whitaker and Hamer. Josh Whitaker. Big State fan, Joe Hamer, Duke fan. But you know what? Still a good guy. Josh and Joe, more than 20 years experience. 
Garner, Clayton, Raleigh, you name it, they're there. All of the G's, Gastonia, Goldsboro. Check out the world's greatest URL, the world's smartest URL, wh.lawyer. That's wh.lawyer. Get all of your law needs. Closing on a house. Maybe you're selling a business. Maybe you got family issues. Take care of all of those things with Whitaker and Hamer. You can always give them a shout, 919-772-7000. But it's easy to remember the world's greatest URL, wh.lawyer. I don't know about you, but I was at a Carter-Finley Stadium last Saturday. I'll be there this Saturday for the game against VMI. Stopped over at the breeze through. Yeah, needed ice for the tailgate. Also needed some Gatorades and some of those hydrating-type drinks. Got to stay safe out there. Got to mix those in, especially when you're drinking a few beers at a tailgate. Go over to Breeze Through right there on the corner of Edwards Mill Road in Trinity. Okay, got everything you need for your tailgate, whether they're those non-alcoholic drinks, whether it is a beer. The Beer Cave has an amazing selection. We recently did the OG from there, and it was awesome. All of my favorites were in there. Rolling Rocks, uh, some White Zombies, you name it. They had them. A little bit of everything for everybody. Over at Breezer, they have all of your tailgate needs covered. And again, you get that lifetime refills, 20 bucks, get that coffee or any of those soft drinks from the fountain, and you'll be set. All right, let's do the uh oh from NC State's loss to Notre Dame. There are a lot of candidates here, um, but I'm going to go with the question that I had at the beginning of the year before the season started, and that was who will be the skill players that make plays for NC State to help them? win football games. And I'm looking at the UConn game and I see a lot of Brendan Armstrong running the football either by design or by no other choice because there was no other plays to be made. And I'm thinking, all right, surely NC State has some running backs somewhere that can help them. After two weeks, that concern remains in full effect because NC State this week against Notre Dame now they did have to spend a lot of time throwing the football to try to come back. But Jordan Houston, the starter, seven carries, 26 yards. Delbert Mims, a guy uh, has been a program guy. He's been around forever. Four carries, nine yards. Kendrick Raphael, uh, a freshman, I think who gives him a chance potentially down the road here. Three carries, seven yards. And then Michael Allen, the player that everybody really wants to see more of. And we did at the end of the 2022 season, only had one carry for four yards. So in all, you had the leading rusher again is Brendan Armstrong with 26 yards and 12 carries. The running game is just a mess. And I'm not really sure there's a way to fix that within a season. Uh, obviously, that's tied to the offensive line, which I thought was better in this game than, than the way that they had played against UConn. So that is a positive. But I still think the offensive line can be had. And, and that's an issue. When, when you can't block, it's hard to wonder, okay, well, this is what the running backs can do. Now, the running back, as a running back, your job is always to make the first guy miss. And I remember with Naheem Hines, and I would always say to him, everyone's, and coaches say this too, we're going to block this, this, and this, and here comes the safety, or here comes the outside linebacker from the other side of the play. It's your job to make him miss. That's your job. We'll block these guys. You got to make the first guy miss. I don't see anybody on NC State's roster right now at run at the running back position who can make a guy miss. That's going to be an issue all season long because as much as Brandon Armstrong has been was definitely effective against UConn, less so against Notre Dame. We can talk about conditions there as well. Um, 
that's not a, a quality recipe to be able to run the ball 30 times for 84 total yards in this game. It, you're going to need more than that. You're certainly going to need more than that from the running back position. Now, the other part of this is the receiver position. And this it's going to get us into a larger conversation about Brennan Armstrong and about Robert and I, their new offensive coordinator. And you look at the receivers in this game, and, and rightfully I was concerned after the UConn game, their leading receiver had 35 yards. Well, in this game, we did see Juice Farine, who is listed as a tight end. He's, he's, a, he's a big slot is what he is. Juice Farine, four catches, 65 yards. I thought he was a bright spot. True freshman. It's really hard right now as a true freshman to play against fifth and sixth year guys and have an impact. It just is. Heck, Bradley Rosner, who is probably arguably NC State's best receiver right now, is an eighth-year college player. So he scored another touchdown this week, or scored a touchdown this week. Two catches, 30 yards, had the 21-yard touchdown. I think he, as a bigger player, a taller player, he's an athletic guy. He can jump. He can he can make some acrobatic catches. A bigger target for Brendan Armstrong. That's a good thing. The rotation right now, though, of receivers, there's there's way too many drops. Way too many drops right now. And you're you're asking too much of Porter Rooks, who at this point in his career is not going to pan out to be the hot shot recruit that you got, you know, four years ago. You're asking too much of maybe even a Trent Penix, who has been limited, and maybe you leaned on him a little bit, uh, or thought you would be able to lean on him a little bit more, um, but is on what amounts to be a pitch count this season for some of his injury issues. Keon Lassane is a guy who had an outstanding offseason, showed up, looked like he put a lot of work in, and it could still happen for Keon, but two catches, 53 yards in this game. Uh, Rooks was the big offender with the drops. Kevin Concepcion had a couple drops. He just, it's hard. It's It reminds me of, of Dave Doran's first first two or three teams where they had receivers and, and uh, slightly mean-spirited, I tweeted, you know, for Porter Rooks that he's now on the Marquez Valdez-Scantling plan. And if you don't remember, you, obviously, you know, now Marquez Val, Valdez Scantling is in the NFL, still in the NFL. Uh, but he actually started his his career, college career at NC State before he had transferred to USF and had a long career with Green Bay and is now with the Chiefs, Super Bowl champion. If you would have told me back in 2013 that Marquez Valdez Scantling would ever even make the NFL, let alone for seven or eight years, I would have lost large amounts of money on that bet. Uh, he was a guy who had some speed, who dropped everything that was near him. And unfortunately for Porter Rooks, he's in a he's in a spot now where when you do throw him the ball, he's not coming up with the ball. And NC State, George McDonald had a whole thing about how he was able to develop those receivers, how he was able to condition them to say, we're not, you know, we're gonna pri- we are gonna prioritize catching the football. And you'd be surprised how much that helps a quarterback. You know, there's a there's a larger question about Brennan Armstrong and MJ Morris and what NC State chose to do this offseason that I think is a fair question to ask. I also do think it's also a fair question to ask, like how much better would MJ Morris be with the same skill players, with the same offensive line? I do think you are better off with a veteran six-year player who can make a few more throws downfield than what we've seen from MJ Morris. So I, I get the overarching question, would NC State have been better off this offseason using their NIL money on receivers and a running back rather than bringing in Brendan Armstrong? I get that. I totally get that. And maybe maybe if Morris 
had played that Louisville road game last year, we could see a little bit more out of him. You would know, and, and, and obviously had been healthy. Then you could sit here and say, you know what? They made the right move. I think right now, I think it's still fair to say, I, I think for Dave Dorn in year 11, and, and he's had years where he's had those down cycles where he's lost big groups before, you know, you look at 2019 when they go four and eight, and then you look at the, his first year in 13 when they didn't win an ACC game. You don't want to have seasons like that. So I could see an eye. I could see him hiring an eye. I could see an eye coming to him and saying, hey, I think we have a better chance with Brennan, who I had tremendous success with at Virginia, than we do with MJ, who's a young guy, who's got a lot of potential, but still a young guy. So I'm okay with, I'm okay with the thought process. It's going to be interesting to see how NC State and Dave Doran and Robert and I use MJ Morris potentially going forward. He, I think the plan, which they have not come out and said, is to redshirt MJ. That's good. But you still, if this isn't the old days, you, if he can come in and play four games. He can play four games. He can play the bowl game. So if they can get to a bowl game, I, I think you use those four games wisely. I don't want to see MJ Morris this week against VMI. This was the mistake they made last year. They used him against Charleston Southern thinking, oh, we're never going to need him. We're, we'll give him some reps against the one double A team. I don't want to see MJ Morris this week. Uh, I want them. I want to have, I want to see a plan that's executed at the end of the season that maximizes those four games that MJ Morris gets. I don't think it would help to play him this week against VMI, but we'll see again. NC state hasn't been great about communicating what their plan has been or or, or, or what their thought process was in bringing Brennan in. So we'll see how that goes. I do think it is a little too early, though, as some fans have said to me, and, and I get it because you want to see the future. You want to see what you do have. And then maybe if you if you need to go back into the portal, you can. So I, I, I get all of the questions about Morris and, and, and how that worked out, but it's only two games. I would also say I, I don't think... I don't think State wins the UConn game with MJ at quarterback. I think Brennan... In his competitiveness and his sixty-year kind of savvy, I, I think he's the main primary reason they won that football game. So I don't think you could sit here and say after two games that Brendan Armstrong is not the answer at quarterback. That somehow they would be better off just turning this thing over to MJ. Now Brendan wasn't great, um, but he's had to do a lot, and I think he takes more chances than we're used to seeing from a Dave Doran quarterback. I mean, he's like the antithesis of Ryan Finley. Like he. He, he's going to sling that thing. He's going to take some chances. So there is no check down Charlie in Brennan Armstrong, who ended up with 260 passing yards in this game with two scores, but also three interceptions. Not obviously not all those interceptions are created equal. So I, I, I like a lot of, I like a lot of people who went to that game on Saturday, left the game going, whoo, it's going to be a long season for the Wolfpack. And I need a pick me up. So in order to get that pick me up, I want to talk to James Henderson. James, you remember him from Pack Pride, um, started back in 0203. He's been doing this for 20 years and has created his own niche of NC State coverage. Does a great job. And I, he, but he is, he's usually on the other side of what I think, which can be good, right? Like sometimes you need to see the other viewpoint. You, he's also usually more of an optimist than I am. So after leaving that building on Saturday, thinking, uh oh, I'm not sure Stat's going to make a bowl game. I need someone maybe to talk me off the ledge and talk a little bit of sense into me. We'll check in with James Henderson inside Pack Sports right after this and get that dose of optimism.
It's year three for me here on an NC State podcast, and it's year three for the support from Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, Hayes, Lancaster. Saw him in the RV lot before the Notre Dame game. Saw him a little bit after the game, too. His crew obviously a little bit dejected. Shouts to my man, Chung. But, but, you know who will never let you down. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. That's right. You got bugs outside the house? Get rid of them. You got bugs inside the house? Get rid of them. You got mice in the attic? You don't want them there either. Go to BugsBite.com. If you go over to BugsBite.com, you'll see all kinds of great coupons there. All kinds of ways for you guys to save. Because one of the things that Hayes does, doesn't do any contracts. So that's a great thing. But look, $29 off that first service for new customers. $50 off for your initial pest control treatment. And then, like I said, there's no contract. So you can get a monthly billing bundle at that starts at $125. So go check them out. It's bugsbite.com. And again, can't have the podcast without the support of our sponsors. And Hayes Lancaster is a true OG. Also, big thanks to Homefield Apparel. Check out their NC State collection at homefieldapparel.com. That's homefieldapparel.com. As you can see, this Pack Power shirt is the one that's also right behind me on the wall. Unbelievable. You got shirts, you've got hoodies, you got joggers, you've got uh, just regular crew neck sweatshirts. You name it, they have it. Great selection of vintage stuff. Carter Finley Stadium. You see Kayao Court, the Cardiac Pack. These are all great vintage stuff. And the quality of their clothes, the softness of their shirts, the softness, the buttery feeling of those hoodies. Unbelievable. Even better. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23. That's OG23. And you'll get 15% off of your first order. And then, trust me, after you order... You just keep getting more and more offers from Homefield, kind of like this, kind of like this stuff. You'll see it. Get yourself an order, but use that first one. Use that first code, OG23 at homefieldapparel.com. Do you want to make your tailgate even better for this VMI game? Go check out Wings Over Raleigh. Wings Over Raleigh. You're telling me that you can go to a football game, go to a tailgate without wings? I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it wrong. Here's what you do. Go over to wingsover.com. And as you can see, unbelievable options here from Ryan Malley. He does not fool around. You get wings. You get tenders. He's got fries. He's got tots. This is a man who knows what he's good at. Doesn't fool around in anything else. So get those wings. I prefer the sweet chili. Joe Obias swears the hot lemon pepper are a thing. I I tell you what, we haven't found a, a, a flavor that we don't like yet. So Go check them out at wingsover.com. They're also in Chapel Hill and in Greenville. Either way, they've got you covered because football equals wings and wings over equals ballers. All right. Joining me now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, James Sanderson, Inside Pack Sports. I call James the Svenge for his fantasy prowess. Yeah. So, so don't get confused if I slip and call him the Svenge. But Svenge, I, I need some help here. I went to the state game, um, Notre Dame, and there were the start of the game. You had the lightning. You had the 80-yard touchdown run. I just went through all the what I thought was the good and the bad and the uh-oh from the game. But now I'm concerned that maybe that that bowl eligibility 
might not be in play. So I, I wanted to have you on as, as the optimist. As the yeah, I'm always the optimist, right? Yeah. I wanted to have you on as the optimist and level-headed one to say, no, they can at least still get to six wins, right? Like five and five in their last 10 games is it's in play. Right? That that shouldn't be a concern, right? Man, I'm, I may look crazy at the end of the year, but I'm just sitting here and I'm like, we're two games in and we're already in make a bowl range. Is that where we're at? Defense, right? Because they're supposed to be the strength of the team. Yeah. And the way that they played against Notre Dame, I get it. Most of it was on five plays. I, I get that part. But it, the pattern of the giving up a big play to UConn and now giving up yeah. a big play to Notre Dame is, is what has me concerned. Yeah, I think for me, when I look at the defense, the encouraging thing is when you look at what Notre Dame does and even what UConn does, most teams on state schedule don't play that way. Okay. In terms of power running game, pulling guys, like the focus is the run game. I mean, most teams run spread principles and you know what the three three five is built for i'm not telling you that is yeah it's to play more spread elements and so when you watch notre dame when they ran their spread stuff they couldn't do much and that's to me the encouraging thing is like when you're running tight end flat you know you're, you're you're playing three tight ends and you're getting a tight end behind state secondary how many teams are going to play that way you know so like if that fights you're saying yeah, I think I think Notre Dame. I mean, you watched that game, and like I, I just finished cutting it up for my views column, and Sam Hartman's numbers look great. He might have made two throws in that game. Like he didn't have to do much, you know. Like in terms of the the touchdown pass right before the halftime was a great throw, I thought. But you compare what he had to do versus what Brennan Armstrong was asked to do sure. from a throwing standpoint, it was completely different. And so I think most teams play kind of the way state plays. So. I, I am not putting too much on it. I think it was, uh, you know, I think Notre Dame took advantage of state's aggression, and a lot of teams don't really play that way. You know, I mean, Notre Dame had through completed one pass to an outside receiver. Like, is Wake Forest going to do that? No, of is, course not. <laughs> you know, I mean, is that the way they're going to try and play, right? And that's right. and that's to me state strength is their outside guy. So I think against other teams moving forward, I think their defense will be will be fine. I included the defense in the bad, but not the uh-oh. But what was your take on Aiden White? He just seemed like on the two plays, the one before mm -hmm. the end of the half, where it was like a complete loss of his mind to jump the under route instead of staying with the with Tyree. And then you mentioned one of the tight ends out in the flat touchdowns. It looked like he just kind of got lost in the wash there and not really understanding who his guy was. I mean, those I, I didn't put that under an uh-oh because it feels like those are the fixable plays and yeah he's fine well but i yeah, might yeah. think about david amerson after the tennessee game too well so, I, told, I, I, told people, I told people coming into the year we're not going to like aiden white at the end of the year for real and the reason being is just like you said with david amerson when you're when you come back with that type of a rep okay. it, you're magnified yes like, anything you do it gets magnified whether mm -hmm. it's you know i mean even in the play you're mentioning before the half i think doran said post game they put it on Sean Brown because he he had a back third and left early. The the thing I I thought Notre Dame did a really good job of is they were putting Aiden White and Shaheen Battle in their run fits. Yes, and so and they was, were that was the right SDB touchdown on right, on and they were forcing those guys to come up and tackle and and play inside the box more than they're used to. And um, like I said, I mean again, that's the style stuff we were talking about earlier. But yeah, I thought Aiden. 
the, the thing to me that was surprising was estimate running away from that secondary. Yeah. That's not, know, his, but, that's not his burst, but no, hey, adrenaline gets you maybe. Yeah. But I mean, to me, I'm with you. Like I, I personally, I know a lot of people disagreed with me. I put this game more on the defense than the offense because you know, I don't know what you had as a pre pre game score going in. Most people had NC State's offense scoring again between 10, 14, 24, 28 points against yeah. Notre Dame. I don't think anybody had Notre Dame putting up 45. No. And I know some of that was on the turn a couple of turnovers late, but it just felt like anytime state made a made a move, Notre Dame would counter with a score. And that was the discouraging thing, I think, for the defense was you, you know, outside of that fumble. You really didn't ever build drives on drives in terms of stops. And, you know, I think that's something they'll look to correct. But but Notre Dame, I mean, you can make an argument. I don't know where you're at with Clemson, but is Notre Dame the best team on state schedule? I think it's in play. I mean, Miami's on there too. Miami, maybe. Miami probably has more talent than Notre Dame. But such a different Notre Dame team than even one I expected. I, I did not think that they were overly dominant up front. Mm-hmm. Um, on either side of the ball, which is normally what they are. I do think they've improved their skill players a lot. And I do think Hartman adds a completely different element to their offense. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know what you're saying about how he actually made those plays and where the throws were going to. But I thought just the threat of some of the deep stuff is not something that normally Notre Dame has. So the game definitely turned played out differently than I thought it would. And to your point about, well, who do we want to blame? Um, which is always a fun game to play. Please, please don't. Yeah, everybody. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want to talk about the offense, though. Mm-hmm. In this context, I thought I thought the line did improve from the UConn game to this game. So there's that. That's a, that's a bonus. Um, I still have major concerns about the skill players and what, and who is going to make plays for you. And I still have major concerns about the people that they put on the field mm-hmm. thinking, oh, this is the guy. And I get it. It's early in the season. So let's just talk a little bit about the offense because you mentioned that Brendan Armstrong had to do more. What did you see in this game that I thought was better than, let's say, the UConn game, which just to me felt like Brendan scrambling for his life and making something out of nothing? Buy stock in Javante Vereen. Yes. Yes. He, Javante, I think Javante Vereen is going to be the guy. Okay. When I went back and watched the game back, you know, I, I think he finished maybe five for 77 in this game. I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me. Yeah. But he didn't play in the first quarter. Right. Because they were, they were playing Porter Rooks, you know, and, and then he, he takes over in the second quarter. He had seven targets and cutting up his plays. He consistently created separation against Notre Dame. He was really the only guy. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, when I say creating, like, he, there, you, you have to make. You saw State in this game a lot of times having to try and make contested catches. Sure, which isn't ideal. And so when you find a guy in the in the tape who is getting open and creating those windows, that's something that they can carry over. Because again, defensively, is Notre Dame the best defense they play all year? Right, like, like it can play, yeah. possibly, yeah. And so, if he's doing this against Notre Dame, that's if I'm state coming out of this game, that's what I'm looking for is who's making it easy. And I, Vereen's the guy, Bradley Rosner. And to your credit, or you know what you're saying, you have to start whittling this down at some point. Yeah, you can't keep playing seven, eight, nine guys at wide receiver and tight end. And so, my hope 
for State is going into this VMI game, they say, Juice Vereen, you showed me something, Bradley Rosner, maybe Keon the same, maybe one more. And you got to pepper those guys with targets. You got to get them consistency in chemistry because to me, the most frustrating thing if I'm Brendan Armstrong, and Brendan Armstrong wasn't great. I thought he was a lot better when I watched it back in terms of giving guys opportunities to make plays. What I think would be frustrating for him is on one play, you're throwing a fade route to a 5'11 guy. Right. The next fade, next play, you're throwing a throwing it to a you're throwing a slant to a six four guy. You're throwing it down the seam to a six foot guy. There's there's no consistency yeah. in body types. And I think they have to kind of solve that. I know people are so listen, um, all of our jobs have have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. I've kind of evolved now, you know, my, my wife and my oh, my son who's who's still at home. They got season tickets. They go to the game. We hang out with our friends. You you hear them. You know they want to talk about what's going on, and they're frustrated. And you know, as most state fans, you know, they are long time. They go to the games. They're you know very loyal. They're not tinfoil hat type people. They're just kind of the people who spend their money on going to the games and would like to see a little something in return, right? Like I, I think yeah. that's fair to say. All these years for you, oh, yeah. all these years for me. And one of my friends, Blair, was like, you know, I think I'm just ready to see what MJ Morris can do. And I was like, well, I don't... <laughs> the choice was made, right? And we can we can certainly talk about this all mm-hmm. season long. And I, I do think you get four games with MJ for his development, right? So that's a thing that you have. But... I think the choice was made in the offseason. Hey, we're going to go with an older quarterback because I think there is a value in a 60-year guy like Brennan is. And we're going to try to avoid the bad years that we've had in situations like this, right? So it's a little bit different. And when I say that, I mean, we're talking about Dave's first year. They win three games. We're talking about 2019 when they won four games. Like, mm-hmm. if you're Dave and you're in year 11 and you're secure in what you're doing, you're doing everything in your power to avoid seasons like that again. So I don't... I don't I seriously don't mind the decision to go with Brendan. And obviously there was an NIL deal in place there to bring him here. I also get like, I would have loved to have seen MJ play one road game last year. Right. Because I think that would have been the other choice, right? Maybe you spend your money NIL money on a receiver or a running back. I mean, we're not talking about running backs right now, but gosh, Mm -hmm. but just kind of where are you on the choice that they did make in, in going with that six year guy? And seemingly the plan, because they've never really announced their plan, and I don't suspect they ever will, of trying to redshirt MJ this year and and then having three full years of him as the starter going forward. I'm probably, and a lot of people want to agree with me on this, and I don't mean this as a disrespect to MJ Morris. I don't care. Like, you know, um, with the transfer portal now, Mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even feel like you know for sure you're going That's to have MJ thinking. Morris for three years. That's yes, like thinking. okay, because think about it from this standpoint: you play MJ Morris, he's <laughs> really good. Yeah, and he can still leave. Yeah. So so if I'm NC State, my goal is trying to win football games. And and again, the harsh truth of the matter is, the last time we saw MJ Morris, NC State was having a 16 game home winning streak, snapped it home to Boston College because right. he scored 21 points. Now he was banged up in that game, but he still played. And you scored 21 points losing to Boston College, right? And and I think for me, if you're state and you're going to embrace this transfer portal, one of the things you couldn't do or you can't do is in week one or week two or week three, the high level, the high profile transfer you bring in replacing with a guy who's already on your roster. 
right. at quarterback. Right. Because how are you going to go in the portal and 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 a guy's going to trust you that you're going to get that opportunity? And, and to add to that, where State's at right now, you know, they were picked fourth in the ACC coming into the season. Clemson is not what anybody thought they would be, at least in my opinion. I don't right. think Clemson's looked that way through two games. No, Florida State's no. looked – I think Florida State's a national championship no. contender. Correct. Yeah, I don't know where you're – like, I think they can win the national championship, much less the ACC. But that second spot, it's wide open. And and that's where I'm at with, like, why are we assuming State's just okay. making a bowl? Yeah, I'm like, who, you're like, who else is it? Who else is it? You won eight games last year, and you should have won nine if the Drake Thomas flag, which, oh. again, I just told you, you lost to Boston yeah. College. That's not even on MJ. You, know you should have won that game. That. You yeah. Know you won that. nine games playing four quarterbacks. I think that if you just – Allow Armstrong and allow the the wide receivers to figure it out, figure it out. Like there, Dave talked about. Like one of the things I did was, you you saw last year with Anai, his first year at Syracuse, Aronde Gadsden came out of nowhere. Yep, his first two weeks he had six total catches. Okay, and then all of a sudden it kind of took off for him. Where he was a feature yeah. guy. They, I don't think they knew that going into the year, right? And that's where I'm saying with Vereen. Maybe he's that guy. Maybe it's Rosner. Maybe it's somebody they kind of find where Armstrong can build a rhythm and a chemistry with them because I think the the defense is going to have state in games. We can we can look at the Notre Dame score and think that game was whatever we want to think. That game was a, a four a one one score game. State had the ball inside the 30 right. in the fourth quarter. Right. You know, like that game was a lot closer than that score. So I feel like if they can just well, I had a buddy who was telling me, or one of our guys writes for uh, writes for us, Alex G. He um he was like, "Can we just fast forward to to Louisville?" Because yeah. he's like, "You, you go and you beat you beat VMI, and if you go on the road and take care of business against Virginia, like a lot of people think you probably will, you're yes, going to be better. feeling a lot better than you are right now, right?" Okay. And 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 it's just, can you get through? All right. Um, well, you know the name, but of with the- MJ, like I, I'm surprised that so many people are already wanting to go to MJ, but I guess it's what you're saying. Maybe it's just the young the yeah. guy, the hope, well, right? But it's also like old thinking, like you're saying. Yeah. Under the old thought process, it's like, oh no, we have this young guy and we're going to have him for the next two or three years. And, and to your point, that's not, that's not I a mean, good I mean, it's Joe, think guy it, from Georgia and Georgia perpetually needs a quarterback. Right? Auburn. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, think about it from this standpoint. This is crazy to me. Sam Hartman and Devin Leary are playing at different schools right now. Yeah. And look at where they were last year. For a lot of money. Right. And so, you know, you banking on a – or not you, I'm just saying us in general, banking on having a guy like MJ Morris for three years. Might not be a real Yeah. I mean, you know, if he's great, yeah, someone's paying him. Okay. I I feel better now, which was the whole point of the exercise. I knew you could give me some sunshine. All right. So Juice Vereen, who in, in the disaster of a spring game was the only player that I was, or him and Concepcion, and to be mm-hmm. fair, I think Concepcion has flashed a little bit too. Um, I thought, okay, these two guys, they have a chance. Of course, they're young, and then that's hard right now to be young against fifth and sixth year guys. But I think State's sixth year guys can can right the ship a little bit there, and Peyton Wilson on defense and Brendan Armstrong on offense. Jordan Houston, I mean, we'll, we'll have to talk again Maybe before the Louisville game, you and I can talk again about the running back position because you follow. No clue what's going on there. But yeah. you follow recruiting, and maybe you can explain how it got to this point. Um, but that how is that for a tease for the Louisville week? 
Yeah, let's do it. That. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, buddy. I appreciate you taking some time. Tell everybody where to go inside Pack Sports. Make sure they know how to find you on the Twitters and and everywhere else to support all the great work that you do. Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at Inside Pack Sport. I don't have a personal. I just do use uh, my uh, my uh, website Twitter account um, and also the website www.insidepacksports.com. Plenty of content. We cover everything. Um, right now, we're all in on football like everybody else yeah. is, but we'll have some basketball stuff up as well. Svench, appreciate you, man. Enjoy the season, and I'll see you soon. Yeah, appreciate it. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people.